0: You're listening to the ESO network. Your station for all things geek.
1: Uh-oh.
2: Guess what
3: day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs>
2: Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. We're going back to the movies once again, and we are going to be looking at Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Arms up, of course. And it's going to be a lot of fun to talk all about the new film from Marvel. And, you know, I was afraid we were just going to start getting into Marvel burnout. But I think this one helped restore my faith a little bit, which is pretty awesome. And, of course, the man who always restores my faith in humanity, the man who keeps me sane, the man who keeps the world sane with his howdy, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon.
3: Howdy!
2: All right, the world's a better place already.
3: That's a good thing. We are uh, no, I'm uh, like you. I'm I'm pleased to go back to the MCU. I'm back to Wakanda. Back to the movies. Uh, It's uh, it's it's awesome uh, feeling. Uh, So um, it was a great experience. Packed movie house uh, when I went to uh, see it on Friday, and uh, of course we are going to uh, talk all about it with uh, the movie crew. And uh, and for those people who are new to our show, we will be spoiling it. So we will be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, don't want to know anything, uh, please uh, check out the movie and then uh, come back and, and listen to our wonderful discussion.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Put us some pause, as we like to say. Definitely. We'll wait around here. We're not going anywhere. We want to talk about the movie, and we got some great folks to do it. Of course, we also want to say thank you to everybody out there, who has been subscribing to our YouTube channel? That's right, folks. We've got a YouTube channel now, and we are putting our main segment and our Geek Seat segment and a couple of our you know creative outlets you know, up there also. So it's always great to talk to the people and to for us to see these beautiful faces that you know both Mike and I have, and it's just it's just great to be able to you know share these with you and all these uh, these scenes of course up on YouTube are completely unedited, so. If we mess up or if, you know, the guests mess up no, no, or not whatever. if, when, when. When we mess up. Good point. Good point there. When we mess up. They will be up there all unedited and everything. So we're kind of calling it like Earth Station 1 Unplugged or RAW or whatever we're going to call it. But I think it's just Earth Station 1. It's just better to call it that way. But definitely folks who folks have been leaving feedback, uh, folks who have been subscribing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We do appreciate it. And you know what? Why haven't the rest of you guys? You know, it doesn't cost anything. It's, you know, it's really easy. We get a lot of subscribers to Earth Station 1. All those people who subscribe to Earth Station 1, the audio version, should go up onto YouTube and subscribe to the video version. That would be really cool if you guys could do that for us. We would really appreciate it, as we like to say. And, of course, if you want to leave feedback for us, that's still available. Feedback at our station one.com is always our best way to get in touch with us. Or if you know, one of us says something stupid, we you know which no, no, is quite often if, on the When I if, know when, when I went, I <laughs> knew that was coming, I set myself up for that one. But yeah, it's going to be, you know, please write us. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Definitely want to know when and how things are going. We've got, you know, in the United States, we got Thanksgiving coming up at the end of next week. God, I can't believe it's here already. And, you know, what are you guys doing? Are you guys going family? Or are you guys staying home? it be very interesting to see what's going on with everything with that. So please write us. We definitely would love to hear from you. Speaking of hearing from you, our friends over at Tifosi Optical definitely would love to hear from you guys. If you get a chance, please check out Tofosi Optical for great holiday gifts. You know, next week is our holiday gift guide. Tifosi Optical should be number one on your list right there. Sunglasses, gamer glasses, safety goggles, you name it, they have it for your eyes. It's pretty cool stuff, and a lot of the stuff is custom made. You can check it all out going to foezioptics.com, and as a way of saying thank you. 10% off your whole order if you put in the name Earth Station 1. That's right. Put in Earth Station 1. Even on sale items, you get 10% off your whole order. That's not too shabby. and It's a way of them letting you know that, you know, Hey, I'm listening to you guys on Earth Station One, and we're helping support Tofosi Optical. Pretty cool. Check it out, tofosioptics.com. And now we're here with Erica Lance. We are very proud to announce that she is now part of the ESO Network, and she has a wonderful, wonderful podcast, Drinking With Authors. Welcome to ESO and Earth Station Oh, One. thank
4: you. Thank you.
3: It's awesome to have you thank here. Thank you.
4: I'm excited to be here.
3: Absolutely, we're excited to Did have everybody
4: you. Everybody get beverages so we could get drunk during this one. <laughs> of no? Already no, we're not ready for that. Okay, already
2: we're good. <laughs> I, I figured since you were going to be here, I would have my tasty beverage with me. You know. So
4: I appreciate that. I drink way too much Bailey's on the plane today, so I had to to <laughs> a little bit. When I got
3: home. <laughs> Little slurring, it's fine. It's uh, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to have you as part of the network. Um, for those people who are not familiar with your podcast, tell us a little bit about uh, your show.
4: Okay, so um, it was, it's fun because it is what it's called, Drinking with Authors. So what we do is we sit down with authors, anyone from just published maybe themselves all the way up to somebody who's maybe been published for decades and decades, and kind of discuss their writing journey, what makes them tick. But there's alcohol involved a lot of times, so it usually ends up going left. And so we have a really good time sort of getting to know the author without a scripted Content, so we we don't go down like a a list of prearranged questions because there's drinking, and I wouldn't be any good at that if I did that at all. So,
3: was <laughs> well, uh where where did you how did this originate? Where did you come up with the idea? I mean, obviously, drinking with authors authors usually associated with drinking that usually goes hand in hand. I, I'm just curious as to how the uh, the the idea for the podcast started.
4: Oh, the genesis. Well, we're going to go back. We're going to travel back in time, to. I worked with a not-for-profit literate. Very scooby-doo. If it wasn't for those damn kids. Roland, know, Roland, um, Roland, so I started, I, I worked with a not-for-profit that was in the Tampa Bay area called Wordier Than Now, and they wanted to do a book club for local authors. So they called it Critical Drinking. And me and a friend of mine uh, hosted it. His name is Austin. He was on a lot of the original Drinking with Authors. And um, we would meet at a wine bar in downtown St. Petersburg. And the idea was everybody would come and do a, you know, talk about the book. Well, the first time we did it, the author showed up. And that changes the dynamics of having a book discussion when the author walks in the door. (laughs) you're like, uh, so okay, they not that they were not invited, but they weren't invited, if that makes sense. It wasn't sure. like, what the hell wow. are you it's doing like, here?
3: Ooh, this could be awkward.
4: Yes. So the next time we had it, and it was once a month, again, the author walked in the door, and I'm like, We're we're gonna have to change how we do this because this is not working to do this. And instead, we started just interviewing local um Tampa Bay, Orlando, Florida authors. But it was in a wine bar so it was a kind of row. i can't believe when i say this it was a rowdy wine bar but it was very noisy right oh, and right. um i happen to think i'm very funny and we at least thought we were funny many times after the ends of having these meetings and we're like we should record this so when i looked up honestly the socials for critical drinking a lot of them were taken so i came up with drinking with authors And then we started recording them live at a wonderful bar that unfortunately didn't make it through COVID called Waypoint Six, which was in the Tampa Bay area as well. And we would invite the authors, and there were themed drinks they would have for us. It was a lot of fun. And then, dun, 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 COVID. So that is the genesis. And then we started recording videos. And of course, me and one of my other co hosts, Valerie, you know, maybe after having done a podcast. Maybe after a little bit of, you know, uh, whiskey, we're like, you know what? Let's just start inviting famous authors. And of course, we were very surprised, but very pleased. A lot of them. That's how we got Jonathan Mayberry, for instance. We're like, we're drunk emailing and drunk socialing authors. So (laughs) we're now. um, I think there's like two hundred and seventy that are out, but we have over three hundred and fifty recorded at this point in time. So it's 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 been pretty fun. Yeah, but that is that's,
3: the re- that's really sizable considering, I mean, you've been podcasting for three years. Is that correct?
4: Three years, yes. And actually in January, we're having to change it up because we used to do an author a week and we're having to change it up to do two authors a week.
5: Wow. Because we just have so many people...
4: Well, you know, it's okay. I don't <laughs> mind putting myself
5: out to do it.
4: I volunteer to tribute. <laughs> her,
2: her liver's crying every week, but that's another story.
4: You know, it's there's sometimes I you know, we do healthy drinks where we, we do like green tea and vodka. Like that's a that's healthy, right? That's sure, balancing. Sure.
5: sure.
2: If you say so if you say so, it's good.
4: You know, it's we're not health advisors. We always say that we we have a health disclaimer. Don't listen to anything we're saying for health advice. But yeah, it's it's been exciting and the popularity, and we're actually moving, which is really exciting being with the ESO network to um we've been requested to do some live drinking with authors at conventions. And our first one is actually gonna be GalaxyCon Columbus. They've invited drinking with authors, and apparently I get to interview some cool some pretty cool celebs that are going to be there. They're lining up. So that'll be fun. That's right. Really in awesome. front of a yes. studio audience. Which is what I've said for a long time is that I want to be live in front of a studio audience. So it's <laughs> my dream is
3: coming through. That's uh <laughs> that yeah, yeah that that those were yes, those opportunities are great. Um what have you found? Has there been any surprises along the way of, of your journey podcasting? Because I always find it interesting to talk to podcasters. what When they go in, what they think is going to happen and what ends up happening, uh, the whole experience. What, uh, what has that been like for you?
4: Well, I, I, you know, it's been interesting. I've been very fortunate that I've gotten some technical people around me who do much better at actually producing the podcast for me and the videos. So that has been um, good. But for me, I think I don't do a lot of filtering of guests. I'm learning more and more that a lot of podcasts like do certain layers of filtering, but I don't do that. If you request to be on the show, for the most part, I've never turned anyone down. I can't think of anyone I turned down at all because every author needs an opportunity to talk about their work. But some authors get on the podcast, and I, I think I had a chance to talk to, to Mike previously about this, where, like, they'll get on, and you can always tell. Like, avid listeners to the show can tell me when they know the episode wasn't going well, because they'll. I'll go like, okay, when did you start writing? And they'll be like, when I was 10. Whoa. And that's it. Like, they won't say anything else. And I'm like... Cool, this is gonna be a long one.
2: <laughs> this, <you> know, <laughs> We've had those. We children. we know so, those quite well.
4: Exactly. And it's it's amazing to me. And I mean I guess authors sometimes tend to be introverts, but that's been one of the things I've had to adjust to is um figuring out ways to make it still entertaining. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm lucky that my co-hosts are entertaining because we can then sometimes get into a banter and try to find something that will get the guest to actually use words out of their mouth, yeah, which yeah. would be nice. You know?
2: words good. <laughs> yeah.
5: exactly.
3: Well, I mean, it's a different sort <laughs> it's of skill set. Just not on set. paper, but it's, you know. It's, it's a different sort of skill set. I mean, creating art and promoting art are two different things, and it's sometimes promoting yourself is really difficult. Um, we have, like Mike said, we have found that, to be the case with people that we've had on so um you never know um and like you said when you when you're attracted you know when you don't when you want to help promote everybody even the small publishers -publishers, self-publishers etc etc um yeah you don't know what that's it's roll of the dice right what you're going to get
4: exactly it really it is and it's been really interesting at times because um people reach out. I have a way people can just contact. If you go to um drinking at there's a form or uh that they can do, or on drinkingwithauthors.com I should say, woo, Baileys. Um, but it I have a form and so you can just go, hey, I wrote a book, I've done this thing, and be on the show and it, so that's been a, a growth journey and it in the beginning i had to go find the guests like i had a lot of local writers that were friends so they came on the show and then i was like i must find the guests and now i don't have to find the guests anymore so that's mm. been pretty pretty awesome like the guests come like a waterfall pouring into me now which is fantastic but it means some changes for our podcast
3: sure sure um not I'm going to put you on the spot here uh you know I know sometimes it's hard to choose between uh, your children but if people wanted to check out your show what are some episodes that you're particularly proud of that people should definitely listen to
4: Well I I would say uh Charles Gammon he's one of my favorites I would say Jonathan Mayberry Heather Graham was hysterical on the show but we've also had um uh a few uh you know, people like uh, Kenya Wright, who's a self published author, and she was really, really funny. And uh, Phoenix Daniels, she was great too. It's so, and um, uh, MK Williams is another one who is oh, yeah. hysterical because she has her own podcast and she comes on our podcast and she helps writers on her podcast. So that's that she's really funny too. But I think if you, you want to get to know more in different authors and kind of see them in a a fun light that you don't get to see them and have them talk about stuff that you don't get to hear them talk about. Because a lot of shows that interview people tend to have a set list of criteria questions and people get on our show and go, I've never been asked that before. But we ask questions like, what is your favorite weird food combination? You know, like, which I think both of you should answer on your podcast. What is your favorite weird food combination? Mr. Faber, what's yours?
2: Oh, my f- favorite food combination?
4: I'm, I'm interviewing you now. I've done a takeover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> favorite food combinations. I am a huge, huge fan of eating sushi with nacho chips.
4: Oh, like nachos or Doritos?
2: Like Choritos, or you know, or just regular tortillas, and you know, and putting it in with the wasabi and the uh soy, it's pretty darn I'm awesome.
4: Like it, like yeah, what about you, Mr.
3: Gordon?
2: Bet you didn't think uh, I was gonna finish so quickly.
3: <laughs> yeah, man, he got that right away. I, I don't know. Do I do anything weird combinations? Uh, I don't think so um i mean i do put i do like putting uh chips on sandwiches i don't know if that's weird but uh i do well, I just, that
4: can be considered a little weird i'm a yeah. fan of that though no. i'm a huge fan of chips I, I like yeah
3: i like a i like a sandwich with some crunch
2: well i know a lot of people who like uh, sandwiches with french fries on it and stuff like that too you know putting yeah them no on. i don't yeah. i don't do that but yeah
4: I had, that's too um, far Faber. that's
3: just too far yeah. <laughs> You've crossed the line. One of the <laughs>
4: last guests said something. And it's funny because they'll say the answer to that. And some of them were like, oh, that sounds good. Like a grilled peanut butter and jelly. Have you guys ever heard of this? Yeah. Where you grill it like a grilled cheese, yeah. but it's mm. peanut butter and jelly?
2: Yeah. That was one of, actually, that was going to be one of my menu orders uh, items. Because I a couple years ago, I had looked at opening a grilled cheese f- food truck. And that was going to be on our menu, oh. was grilled peanut butter and jelly.
4: So amazing, so amazing! I made them the other day. Also,
2: grilled peanut butter and banana was very popular too. Oh,
4: Elvis! Yeah, it's an Elvis, isn't it? Mike,
3: I I think we have a a new topic now because it's been a while since we've done best we have ever ate. Right?
2: Yep. Exactly.
3: Weird food combos. I think that might be in our future. That's that's it. Thank (laughs) you.
4: It is is a funny thing. One guy said, "Um, what did he eat? He was eating um cucumbers with ketchup on them." Oh. (laughs) Like that.
2: It's, yeah. it's a I, I still thing. I don't I still don't understand people who dip their french fries in mayonnaise and stuff like that.
4: Okay, I'm one of those people.
2: Are you? <laughs> yes,
4: I'm avidly one of those Are people. Are you from
2: Minnesota or something cuz I know it's a lot a big mid midwest thing.
4: That is actually where I was born in Minnesota. Okay. And wow. that totally makes. I, uh, I, thought it a... Cause, cause, I thought about my back. Because, yeah, I, I, I
2: understand French fries and gravy and stuff like that. But French fries and mayonnaise, it's just like, ugh. Yeah,
5: that's you know. uh, I,
4: I love French fries and mayonnaise. I think it's a big thing. But I also think it's a European thing. So I've been to Europe quite a bit. Yeah. And, you know, you dip your chips, chips, they're not French fries, they're chips. Yes, that's they're true. Not mayonnaise.
2: Yeah, it, it gets, I can't wow. stand the vinegar.
4: I'm not yeah. a chips and vinegar kind no, of person. I've never been that
3: person. Well, in the yeah. in the
2: UK, it's vinegar on everything, you know, on fish, on the fry, on the chips.
3: Because that's it, 'cause because they, they need to kill the taste. Because usually it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Touche. <laughs>
2: well, and we just lost more audience members. I was going to say, I, now you're losing the British. I was going to say.
4: Huge fan of bangers and mash. Don't let me in with them on this British.
2: (laughs) All comments, please put forward to Mr. Mike Gordon, care of the ESO network.
3: It's true. It's true. Uh, Well, very cool. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great that you're on the network now. I think it's great. The podcast you're you're doing uh, anything that helps promote uh, reading and literature and, and people who are trying to, Get their words out there, which is something that is very difficult uh, these days. Uh, I'm all for, so thank you for your efforts there. Uh, but now that we found out about your podcast, I don't know if you know about the hazing ritual here on the network, but you're going to have to be to uh, strapped to the geek seat now. I'm afraid.
4: Uh, I'm 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 down. I've been <laughs> a nerd. Since-
2: Coloring in my dice with crayons. Let's <laughs> do that. Whoa. Oh, the conundrum has been thrown, Mister Gordon. Yes. Go.
3: There you
2: go. There well, you know,
3: right. I mean, I think I I don't. We haven't really done this as a uh, as a as a test, uh, so we don't really have any hard numbers to prove this. But I think I think. That the more alcohol that you ingest, the better the geeky experience is for you. I think.
4: Oh, and I'm in a great place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me and my <I, laughs> Bailey's Irish Cream, are in a great place together. It's dulled we the pain. It. it
2: dulled the pain for you already. So it's perfect. <laughs> yes. All right, Erica, are you ready for your first question?
5: I
4: think so.
2: What was your favorite geek out moment?
4: Um, when I got to meet Matthew Lillard, and I was dressed as one of the 13 ghost characters really yeah so i'm a cosplayer too an avid cosplayer so i dressed as the withered lover which is the girl with the burn mm-hmm. and it's a hospital gown. Yeah, i did this because i got to have an iv tray and one of the bags had vodka and tonic in it of course and uh and the other bag had wine it worked out really well because they're really big iv bags but um he was at a convention and i got to meet him and he looked at me and he's like oh my gosh, you're from that movie. And I'm like, 13 Ghosts? And he's like, "Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm like, you were in that. And he goes, I know. And then we had another moment later where he was walking with security and he saw him and he's like, 13 Ghosts. And they were flipping out. It was great. So
2: oh, that, that was awesome. my geek out. I love it. That is awesome though. That is very, very cool. What was your most disappointing geek
3: out moment though?
4: Corey Feldman. Really? yeah so i I figured it had to
3: be a, the two I, I, yeah. I was gonna say is that is that is that all she needs to say really there yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> Corey, Corey feldman.
4: so i actually get a friend of mine does caricatures so when i go to conventions i get me drawn into a scene from a movie or a tv show that i'm getting signed i absolutely love doing that so i had him draw me and cory feldman from dream a little dream which is one of my favorite cory feldman movies um First of all, he was right next to Sean Austin and, um, oh, my gosh, I want to say Frodo, and that's not his real name. Elijah Wood, right? So he's in line with these guys. And these guys are going through their line. And normally, if the person's going to go take a break, they cut off the line, they empty out the line, and then they tell anybody, hey, this person's going to come take a break. I was in the last leg of the line. He got up, and I thought, okay, maybe it's a smoke break. Doesn't come back for an hour and a half.
5: Whoa. Didn't tell
4: anybody. Doesn't come back for an hour and a half. And this is after you watch Sean Austin and Elijah Wood, who are way bigger names than Corey Feldman, nicely, politely empty out their line and take a break, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So he comes And I was like, do I stay? Do I go? It was a whole thing because I was like right at the, you know, I'd been in line for an hour and then I was right at the end of the thing. And then um my friend who draws them always draws a place for them to sign and I always point to it and I have them put the sticky if they're doing it. So they do that. And he wrote across the middle of it, actually marking out the song in the middle of the picture, not paying attention to it at all. He wasn't and didn't apologize, didn't say anything, not just for that, but I mean for his fans, he didn't come back. And I was like, this was one of those moments where I'm like Yep, that entire that was not meeting one of your people that you like, you know, because mm. you it ruined it. And yeah, he he can suck it.
2: Oh well. <laughs> there you go. Totally <laughs> wow. film,
4: If you're listening, you can suck it. Do not take it out on this show. You can take it out on drink it with authors.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> so. What geeks you out the most?
4: What what geeks me out the most? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I have to say? I think seeing how mainstream it is now, um, like role-playing games and stuff like that, because I was from the age, maybe some of the rest of the people on the show too, where when, you know, we were worshiping Satan when we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you know, that was a thing. We're all going to go to hell. So what what I really love is seeing um people that are nerds and how many of them there are. And I go completely crazy just being in that environment because I'm like, here are my people. So,
2: Oh, I could totally I understand time. that completely. And it's always interesting, too, because people who used to tease me for being a geek when I was in high school and stuff, they're, like, saying, oh, it's so cool to watch Star Wars and blah, 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 and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, and you used to lock me in the locker because of that, you know. So
4: Exactly. I always joke that I was a nerd before it was cool to be a nerd. I was like one of those kids that was shoved into lockers and stuff. And I'm like, now it's really cool. I, I you know, I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, you guys have it easy. You can be a geek with no repercussions. People think you're cool. Exactly. I had to fight for it. Exactly. You know, I had to go to tricky conventions in the basements of hotels. And we joke about that, but that actually happened. Oh, so...
2: trust me. I know. I know.
3: We had to we had to walk hill uphill both ways. Yes, we did.
2: In in the snow
3: to go to a comic con.
2: In the
4: snow with our polyester costume that we had to make because you couldn't find them. I, I tease people about all the time because cosplay is amazing now. But when we made costumes, we had to make the costume. There wasn't places to buy costumes or costume parts. You had to like completely create the costume or find somebody who did it for forty billion dollars. You know.
2: Or either that, or you had the uh, wonderful like plastic costumes or something. Yeah, the,
3: <laughs> what is it? The oh, Ben, uh, what's it Ben something? Right, costumes yeah. that we talked yeah. about uh, recently.
2: Our, yeah, we talked about it on uh, plug, plug, plug on our Patreon on the uh, last <laughs> ESO board silly. We yeah, got to yeah. talk about our Halloween costumes growing up with the pla- the plastic face with the rubber band behind it and everything, and the elastic cord would break halfway through. You know, trick-or-treating and everything.
4: Oh, yeah. My last one was a Mickey Mouse one like that.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so you know the pain. You do know the pain.
4: Oh, yeah. No, I, the pain is real. Oh, yeah. The pain is real.
2: What what turns your geek <laughs> off? Bullying. And you still have it.
4: Bullying. And that turns it off. But you know the other thing that turns it off is a bad remake of something nerdy. Like when, you know, there's... like. I could go down the Star Wars thing and I might be stirring up an entire hornet's nest here, but, you know, being original Star Wars fans, I actually was at the opening night at the Chinese man theater in 1976 of Star Wars. I was three years old. I actually remember it because I remember the gold curtains. They have ridiculous gold curtains and the music and all of that stuff. And then, you know, they go and they remake stuff and they don't do a great job and it annoys the crap out of me like they keep remaking all these movies I actually heard a rumor they're going to remake the princess bride and i'm telling you i might be incarcerated because i'm going to cut a bitch if that actually happens like <laughs> don't do that there's no reason to do that do you remake the breakfast club same thing i'm coming after you like that's there it's officially recorded so when i get arrested there'll be plenty of evidence
2: <laughs> we know who, you know where, where to send people now okay Got absolutely
4: please please feel free well,
2: you know well she is up on the mountains so she has a compound so you know she could protect herself up there
4: I, I may have i may have weapons but I'll, i i will go down to hollywood if some of this stuff happens but no i think bullying at all but the big thing for me is when they remake something or they make it so commercialized that they take the spirit and the fun out of whatever that was you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah totally makes sense what fictional character would you like to meet the most? Um, We'd like to keep you on your toes here. You know, this is not easy. Oh, yeah, anyway.
4: no, but there's so many. Like, so many just went through my head. Um, I think I would absolutely love to meet Odd Thomas. Really? Hmm. I think he would be so much fun. Yes. Why so? Yes. Because um, the whole being able to see dead people and demon thing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like, I think that would be cool. And he seems like actually a really genuinely nice guy, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. So, I I mean, there's all these cool ones. Like, I could, you know, say, you know, uh, what is it? Chandril Shajar from uh, Spellfire from Ed Greenwood. Like, I could go down total geek paths, but I'm like, who would be really weird? Odd Thomas would be really weird to meet.
2: Yeah. Um, understandable i like it that's good what fictional character would you not like to meet
4: though what was the name of the the pedophile character from the sword of truth series the first bad guy oh i could not meet him that would be okay i don't remember his name but he ended up getting buried up to his neck Mm -hmm. didn't go Mm -hmm. well for but i can't yeah so him
3: okay that
4: would be my choice unnamed Unnamed uh,
3: unnamed bad guy from that series. Uh, he shall so, yeah. not be named. Yes.
2: No, not Voldemort. We're not going there. No. What is your favorite Voldemort
4: geek? Like he needs the to be doing what he's doing. So I think I could take Voldemort. I'm just saying. Even though I'm a Muggle right now, I think I could take him.
2: you <laughs> in, in other words, don't get on Erica's bad side, folks. Listen, yeah. to, her, <laughs> listen to her podcast, please. Now, or else. <laughs> what is your favorite geek word phrase quote or pose
4: uh my favorite literally my favorite quote is there's two it's did you ever even watch the show like i say that all the time (laughs) you ever that's from galaxy quest in case somebody doesn't get that of course um i knew and then yeah the other one is um uh you know this girl survived for three months with no weapon and no training well why doesn't somebody put her in charge i say that a lot love it aliens my favorite movie
2: of course mm-hmm. what geek occupation would you like to do
4: well i'm already kind of doing a geek occupation right sure i need to drink with authors that counts yes um do cosplay i used to act i miss acting i would love to do that geek occupation that would be cool um but do you mean like a wizard because i would love to be an overlord and a wizard you know that rules over this is your
2: segment you could do whatever you
4: oh gosh there's so many possibilities oh are you gonna ask me what superpower i want because i know that one too but yeah (laughs) i i I think that
2: mike version two of the (laughs) geek seat coming soon really (laughs) <laughs>
4: exactly um yeah now i okay i will i will rein it in and say that it's acting and acting in cool movies like i would have loved to have been in crow that would have been awesome so
2: that's awesome that is yeah. really really awesome
3: that is a first
2: what geek occupation would you not like to <laughs> do it's the
3: first it's the first time anybody's ever said that out loud
4: i wouldn't um i do not think I would want to be a um I consider it a geek occupation, but a computer programmer. I'm always impressed the hell out of them. No. But they just sit and look at a computer screen all the time.
2: Number one like, answer. I, I Number one control. answer on the show.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do that. I'm impressed though with the people that can do that. I just can't.
2: No, exactly. I'm the same way. And I work with computers all day, so I do understand that. All right. Erica. This is for all the marbles. Are you ready for your oh, well, are you ready for your final question in the geek seat?
4: I, I think so. I'm enjoying these. Let's do
2: it. Okay. What is your ultimate geek fantasy?
4: Oh my gosh. Um I told I you it's think, a, this is important. Oh. Oh. You know what I've always really wanted to do is do a group cosplay that is pulled off just incredibly well going to dragon con i sometimes am in just in awe of the huge group cosplays but then there's a caveat to it that i want to us to run into the people that were in that show or movie or whatever we're cosplaying and i want them to be so thrilled That they want to take us out to dinner the actors and stuff like that like that we go out to dinner with them because they just think we're so thoroughly amazing
2: that is a good fantasy (laughs) because you know that would be awesome and it's funny because you have seen things like that at dragon con not going out to dinner or anything but the actors or the authors or the writers or the artists meeting up with their creations or anything even mike gordon you know i remember when you ran into tiki zombie that, somebody was, that was pretty amazing it was pretty awesome and so it is it is really super neat when that does happen so it's
4: well i think it's one of the most sincere forms of flattery too
2: oh, just sure.
4: if you're oh, a creator yeah. if you're an author if you're somebody and somebody shows up dressed as your character oh my gosh like you cannot get a better compliment then they thought that was so epic that they took the time to do a creation and wanted to share it with you.
3: Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that would top that is when they get a tattoo. Oh,
4: that is true. You know, Bruce Campbell, I, you know, I had the opportunity to meet him actually several times now that I think about it, but he loves to do that thing where he brings people up on stage and gives them money out of his own pocket it, when they show the tattoo, his tattoos, like the evil dead tattoos and stuff, he'll give people $5 out of his pocket to <laughs> just keep coming up on stage and show them all the tattoos. That,
2: that so, is awesome. You know, it's pretty awesome. I, that is fantastic.
4: That's a good compliment. there Oh, so. yeah.
2: Very cool. Well, Erica, I've got some great news for you. You've oh. made it through the geek seat Congratulations. You're now officially part of the ESO network. Yay! Absolutely.
3: Congratulations. Mr. Mike Gordon, Thank tell you. the young lady what else she's won. You have won a lifetime won. subscription to the ESO Network, but since you're part of the network, it's kinda of comp, so it doesn't really it's not really worth anything. So
4: Wow, so you effectively told me I negated a prize. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta
3: work on your pitch. Partner, I'm say like, there's gotta be a way you can No, no, no 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 no, 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 no. See, the pitch implies that we did this beforehand. This is afterwards, so it's like, yeah. So it's just you know, it's, you're one of us you, now. You're one of You're us. one of us, right? So that's I, I, that's the that's I'm, the prize. You are one of us now. I am
4: super proud to be one of you guys. You guys are epic, and I love what you do. And I think you guys have brought so many amazing creatives to the forefront and given voices to people. So I do a tiny little portion of it, but what you guys do is so much bigger in a way.
3: We are glad to be in it with you together. Um, exactly. It's We're be, very I think, happy. I think, uh, what's the saying? Uh, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, a uh, beautiful podcast ship, if you will. Um, I tell like people the where show. they can go to find out about more about your show.
4: Okay. Well, you guys, you guys, everyone immediately, if you, you know, um, you could go to drinkingwithauthors.com and that has, we're actually revamping our website, right? As we speak. So, um, but we're on YouTube and all of the podcasting sites, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, you can find us. Um, you can go to rss.com drinking with authors and that way you can download it yourself. If you want to keep it secret and safe, like, uh, you know, the one ring on your phone, which is a little creepy, but I appreciate it. You, Just as long you as you like your, My try.
2: precious, my precious.
4: <laughs> you can totally, you can, your phone, you can be like, my precious drinking with the authors episode. It's only mildly weird. We're in favor of it, though. Huge fans. Yeah.
6: <laughs> that awesome. is awesome.
2: Yeah.
4: You can get creepy with us. We're good with it. That's, it happens.
2: That's even better. You know, yeah. it's a good thing to be creepy, but you know, Definitely, I'm very happy to have you part of the network, and I think your first official episode is going to be going up, I think, right after Thanksgiving or so.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the 29th. Yeah,
2: I think that's your first official episode with the network, and we've already been starting to run your promo, and so we are very excited to have you part of the network. And on behalf of myself, Mike, and everyone else who's part of ESO, welcome aboard. A toast to you. Thank you. We toast you. We drink.
4: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. What are you drinking out of there, Mr. Gordon?
3: Oh, what is oh, that? Course. That looks like somebody's head. Of course, it's a tiki mug. What is that? It's a tiki it's mug. It's a tiki mug.
4: Oh, okay. He, are you a collector? Look
2: behind him. Look behind him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, well, a, one of those things
4: behind him looked a little inappropriate. I wasn't sure, so I wasn't going to comment just in case the light one yeah, behind Baby Yoda. But, yeah. you know, I go down a dirty path. It's fine. It's fine. That's
2: okay. <laughs> Anything goes right now. So it's cool. Erica, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're going to take a quick break now, and we will be back, and we're going to be looking at Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever.
3: Hey,
0: everybody. Michelle here with an iconic Rock Talk Show moment. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction season for 2022 Wraps up with the premiere of The Ceremony this Saturday on HBO. The Hall is taking a short break. But if you just can't get enough of all things Music Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame has announced their nominees for the class of 2023, and a long list it is. They have 24 names, and a name can be an individual, duo, or group of songwriters. Twelve of those names are non-performers, and twelve are performers. To Wit and As Follows, Brian Adams... Clem Burke, Debbie Harry, and Chris Stein, a.k.a. Blondie, Shantae Broadus, a.k.a. Snoop Dogg, Tom Johnston, Michael McDonald, and Pat Simmons, a.k.a. the Doobie Brothers, Vince Gill, Gloria Estefan, Anne and Nancy Wilson, uh, performing as Hart, Jeff Lynn, R.E.M., Shade Adu, commonly known as Shade, Patty Smith, and Steve Winwood. Uh, If you want to see their bios, uh, you can uh, go over and check everything out at songhall.com. Voters have until the end of December to get their ballots in. Not sure when the announcement will come, but the ceremony and press release will be in June of next year. It is a great list. Everybody here deserves it. But you kind of got to shake your head when you realize that Prince and George Michael are still Not in. But anyway, we'll wait for the announcement and see what happens. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment. We'll catch you next time.
1: Helm
2: reports. Sir,
0: there's Klingons on the starboard bow.
2: Starboard bow? Starboard bow! What are they doing there? They seem to be waiting for the new episode of Earth Station Trek. Science, what do we know about this Earth Station Trek?
3: It's a podcast that tracks through the history of Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. Navigation, how would one find such a podcast? By setting coordinates for earthstationtrek.com or by doing a sensor sweep of Spotify, iTunes, or any other quadrant where fine podcasts are available. Captain, what are we going to do about the Klingons? We come in peace, Commander. Weapon station, shoot to kill. Shoot Shoot to to kill. kill! Shoot to kill!
1: And now, war.
5: He's coming for the surface world. We know what you whisper.
2: Hey there listeners welcome back to Earth station one it is movie review time and we are looking at black panther 2 wakanda forever so it is awesome ashley yeah. i know the camera's really close to you so it's hard to you know, get your hands up.
6: i know i was still doing it though so
2: okay. she's still in the pose folks you just can't see it she's gonna be that way for the rest of the evening
6: i'm committed she
2: is <laughs> It is awesome for you guys to be here. And Mr. Mike, you ready to take it away?
3: Yeah, this has been uh, very highly anticipated. Probably the most anticipated MCU sequel, maybe, uh, most of all. Like, I, I it's hard to, a lot of pressure on this one. It's going to be really interesting to talk about now that it's finally here. And, of course, as you can see, we do have uh, Ashley here, part of our ESO movie crew. Welcome back, Ashley.
6: Thank you. Yeah, it's always fun to talk about these Marvel movies with the gang, but particularly one of as much importance as this one.
3: Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have with us also from last week's episode, I think he's still strapped to the geek seat in some ways. Uh, We also have with us uh, Nick. Nick Tabor is here.
1: Hey, man. Thank you so much for inviting me back. I've been looking forward
3: to this for a little while and.
1: Man, this was good. This was really good.
3: Well, I wasn't sure, you know, your movie theater time machine. I'm not sure which time you were in. So I'm glad that we were able to coordinate with your time machine (laughs) to have you here uh, for this podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Really, thank you.
3: Let's get right to it uh, because there's a lot to talk about here. Um, You know, like like I said, it's very highly anticipated. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. What were your expectations going into this one, and overall, what did you feel coming out of the theater?
1: coming out of the theater, I was just bawling my eyes out honestly this this movie hit home in many different ways I didn't expect to um I thought going in like I, I thought the first movie was very good i um like I've kind of like marveled out. To a degree, so I'm like, all right, if they put so much into it, and I don't I don't know. But I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go in. I'm just gonna really just focus on having a great movie theater experience. But my God, I was blown
3: away. Yeah, this is uh the final film, I believe, in phase four, I think. Yep. Uh so um, and uh yeah, phase four has had some mixed reviews, uh to say the least. Um, Ashley, what about you? What were, I mean, it's hard to have not no expectations going into this one, right?
6: Oh yeah, totally. There's so much pressure. I mean, the first movie is one of the biggest commercial and critical successes in the MCU. And especially with the, um, tragic passing of Chadwick, the star who is the black Panther. I mean, how do you make a black Panther movie without him? And, I was really glad that they didn't try to just breeze past that. They dealt with that in the movie. They dealt with the grief that we, as the audience and fans have, and also the other characters surrounding it. I thought it was one of the most um, mature and emotional movies that the MCU has done in uh, terms of tone. And I appreciate that they didn't just sweep the tragedy under the rug. Like they wove that into the entire story and, I'm also really pleased with the decision not to recast T'Challa because I feel like it's too soon. We needed to deal with the loss of Chadwick. And um, I do like how they have dealt with legacy in this movie with his sister. And then uh, the teaser at the very end with his son, who I'm sure like uh, 10 years down the road, hopefully they're still making Marvel movies and we might get to see uh, – young yeah. T'Challa team up with his Aunt Shuri and go on some cool adventures. So, yeah, I thought they had a huge task. with, And then also introducing Namor and all those characters without making it seem like, hey, this is this just Aquaman in the MCU? So I felt like they <laughs> had a big task ahead of <laughs> them, but they they pretty much nailed it on all the points, I thought.
3: Yeah. Wow, That's a good, good way
2: to put it, actually. That is a really good way to put
3: it, actually. Yeah, and well, uh, Mike, how how would you put it? How were you, what were your expectations going in?
2: You know, I haven't been the hugest fan of the Phase 4 Marvel films. I've been let down by most of them, in all truth. You know, I enjoy them. They're great popcorn movies. But everything that I've seen since, I want to say, probably, you know, Endgame was, you know, And take this with a grain of salt, folks. It hadn't lived up to the hype that they were building around it, a lot of it. And I was, like uh, Nick had said, I was starting to get a little burnt out on the Marvel movies. And when I saw the trailer for this at the, I think it was, they released it right at the end of the summer. And I was blown away by this trailer It seemed so huge and epic and big, and they were introducing Namor, and they were going to introduce a new Black Panther, and they were not going to recast Chadwick's role, which was amazing. I was still cautious going into the theater because I had been very much looking forward to Doctor Strange. I had very much been looking forward to the Thor movie over the summer and both of those left me going meh afterwards and it's just interesting walking out of the theater after this one and going my god i want to see this again i want to yep. see what yep. i missed what yeah. you know what was so important in this one what was there was so much happening in this one and there were so many stories being told and they were weaving future plot lines going forward and just not black panther stuff stuff for the whole MCU that you're going to be seeing and i i fell in love with it and it was a lot of fun i was glad they took care of the whole t'challa thing in the first 2 minutes of the movie you they did not Back down from it, boom, right near your face, right after the opening credits, right there. And I'm glad they did that. That's what I wanted to see. And there's so much we've got to talk about in this. And like my, like we said earlier in the opening, we're going to spoil the hell out of those folks. So, you know, we've already spoiled stuff, you know, about the close, the after credits scene about Chakala's. Son and everything like that, and it's gonna. It's interesting. Usually, when the film ends, you know, and the credits start rolling and everything, that's when people cheer. The movie was quiet; nobody said anything, and you know, I was worried. You know, oh, did other people didn't like this and everything, and everything. And as soon as the after credit scene ended, people were like almost standing up, like standing ovations and stuff. It was awesome. People were like cheering and it was, it was great to see and everything. And that's, I'm glad they ended this on a very, very good note. And it's like, you know, I want to see Ryan Coogler do everything now Marvel going forward.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I like you guys. I mean it look, this was an important one. Uh this is a, probably the most important movie to to be made in 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 MCU after Endgame, right? Like this is um and not just I mean it was prior to Chadwick Boseman's passing. But then once, you know, and it's hard to believe that he it's been 2 years, right? Um but uh so yeah, this was a big deal um, a lot of expectations on this one. It's hard to just go in and go, okay, I'm just going to like, enjoy it. Right. Because there's so much more that's going on here. Um, and yeah, there was a huge, well, I don't know how huge it was, but there was a big debate online about whether or not they should recast him or, you know, what they should do. And, and, uh, unfortunately a lot of that came from, you know. People who I don't want to justify what or even mention what they were, you know, the 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 fact that they, you know, were coming haters from a place gonna that hate, haters, right? They're hate. coming from a not good place, and uh, you know that didn't help matters. But um, but when you have a, a movie like this, I think, um, and I think Ryan actually uh, played it pretty safe in the in the extent that with the plot and the storyline here. He doesn't try to reinvent the wheel here. it's a pretty simple story of a of a of a hero uh you know of, of a person seeking wanting to seek vengeance but then realizing that they are better than that and and they need to be better than that to be a hero i mean we've seen that play out so many times um unless you know unless you're talking about black adam uh <laughs> which they seem to say it was cool not to not to care about that sort of thing, um, which is another thing. Who? Are,
2: what are you talking about? Like, exactly,
3: exactly. Right. Um, so, but they kept, I thought they kept it pretty, like, like tell the simple story, but, you know, engage all of this other emotion that's going on. I mean, like I said, it's hard to believe that two years ago is when Bozeman passed. And yet, I don't feel like we ever really got a chance to mourn him until, like, this movie. Like this movie, as you guys have mentioned, opens up with his funeral and it's, uh, well, his death and then his funeral. And it's like, now we're like, okay, you know, for a lot of people who, who did mourn him, you know, two years ago, it's like, oh, we're going to go through this again. So we're mourning him, but it's like, we're, this is like a, this is like a proper mourning and it's a really well done one. Um, you know, as far as emotions and it really takes you through despite, and it's not like a it's not a um, like it's not an end, you know, it's not an end because his shadow still exists throughout the whole movie and it's probably going to exist through the MCU from here on. Um, That's the power that this actor had at playing this character. And there's, in my opinion, there's no way you could just recast that. So the, the, to me, the, and, and to tell the story that they wanted to tell, um, you know, it doesn't, you know, if you just recast him, this is just another Black Panther movie. But this is the first movie that really deals with this kind of loss, at least in the MCU. Um, and I think the way they do it is really sensitive and really well done and, uh, and and very satisfying at the end. I mean, there is hope. The end. The movie ends with hope. Um, which I thought, um, as you guys have said, when I walked out of the theater, the only, the only thing about the walking of the theater, I think people were really like surprised. There was only one mid credit scene. Like, I think, I think everybody wanted something else, maybe just something really light to just sort of offset, like everything, all the emotional weight, like another, like, you know, uh, scene or something just to like, you know, kind of give us a little like, ah, but you know, obviously they, they didn't give us that except. I will say when the words and MCU doesn't do this very often, I don't think uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. But at the end, when it says Black Panther will return, kind of like a James Bond thing, um, the that's when the audience that I was with, like erupted. And it was a packed crowd. I mean, I uh, I saw it on Friday. So I saw it the first day, really. Uh, Thursday night was really technically, I guess, the first night. But um um and by the way before we get really into more details i know that you know we haven't done this for a little while but i think it's important uh, to mention that uh that uh the box office was really strong with this uh it has grossed 181.3 million dollars in the united states and canada 150 million dollars in other territories for a worldwide total of uh 331.7 million so uh this is looking to be already the biggest movie of certainly of the mcu this year and probably of everybody this year like um you know there's still there's still a lot of movies to come there's still a couple more movies to come out this year uh avatar um and uh although although this one had a lot of blue people swimming too so i don't (laughs) i don't know maybe there's a crossover here i don't know but all right so all right, so um before we move on to other characters or whatever is there does anybody else have anything to say about like sort of the 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 uh how the hand- how the handling of the death of Bozeman and the Black Panther and the new black panthers anybody Nick do you have anything more to add to that? yeah,
1: I really think that even if you haven't seen any m c u like maybe you just saw Black Panther personally for me like this hit home because I'm a I'm from a very small family like you could fit my family around a card table and most of the time we do so like with Wakanda itself being you know a large nation but to itself and you know for the most part some of the themes from the first movie dealing with the fact that whether it should stay hidden or whether it should share its secrets around the world um, you know and you deal with that like I I we lost my grandmother. Uh, a lot earlier this year and you know even though she lived to be 96 years old it was one of those that it was just you kind of expected her to be immortal and you know when you deal with that you're like oh okay and then you know but seeing the you know the nation of Wakanda deal with to death right away and say okay like he kind of felt like it was something like anyone who was in a small family can relate to that and I told every one of my friends, who's saying, you know, they could text me like, "How was it?" I saw it Friday in the middle of the afternoon. It was a packed theater, and you know, and they're like, "I'm like, tears minute one, <laughs> mm-hmm. right away." And I think that the journey itself, where you're dealing with not only with you know a lot of beautiful setups and a lot of beautiful stories, as much as you both said. I think that dealing with somebody who is just trying to deal with their family in in two fronts, just trying to simply figure out what's going on now, and there's a there's a few other few areas, and I'll point it out as we go along, but it's just like, yeah, I could see this happening you know and in reality, and it's the story itself of just dealing with a family trying to figure themselves out now. And one person immediately going, how am I going to be in this world? Like, where do I fit in? And then finding a way to fit in later was just, man, Shep's kiss awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, just so well done. And I would say the very end, somebody mentioned it too, like the theater erupting. There was a woman who was in front of me who had her popcorn and it was almost like a scene out of an eighties movie. Like, she was jumping and leaping, but every time I knew it was a really good scene coming, she would jump, and the popcorn would go over her shoulder and land on me. (laughs) You got
3: got some free popcorn out of the deal. That's
1: good. Yeah, it was great. You know, like, okay, like like,
3: (laughs) Jumping, lady. Keep jumping.
1: Yeah, keep
2: going. Keep going. Come on. Keep going.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, man, it was just. There are scenes that'll break down, but it's just Shitsk kiss, great. Everything about this was wonderful. All
3: right. So um in addition to the uh you know, dealing with Bozeman and the Black Panther, um, I think the other big thing that happens in this movie is that finally in the MCU we're introduced to Namor. Um, Namor is, uh, for those people who are not familiar with the Marvel comics, he is one of the first, like, Marvel, like, characters. Like, he, his first appearance was in 1939, um, and, you know, he's been a, he's been a off and on mainstay, sometimes villain, sometimes good guy in the Marvel, uh, comics for decades and decades and decades. Um, and so it's a big deal. I think uh I, d- I think he was like I don't know his rights were tied up uh previously so finally uh the is able to use him they introduce him here uh there is a comic storyline where namor does uh, more recently that namor does uh go up against wakanda and so it's, it I think some of the beats of this story were taken from that storyline in the comics But um, what did we think of? And, you know, this has come a little controversial as well because they changed some things. I think, as you pointed out, Ashley, to to sort of, you know, not mix him up with Aquaman, even though I think he predates Aquaman. There's like, eh, since Aquaman, people are more familiar with that guy. Like, okay, so here's another King of Atlantis um, from the comics. He has kind of a similar power set. Uh, So I think the MCU wanted to make sure, like, this is not Aquaman. (laughs) Um, So they make a very uh, uh, clear distinction. Uh, Mike, what what did you – What I want to get your opinion first because you probably, out of all of us, have more of a history with Namor as a character in the comics than anybody.
2: Oh, sure. Namor is interesting because he predates Aquaman by two years. Yeah. Because Aquaman, for those who don't know – was a golden age hero also for DC. And it's interesting because Namor, like you said, was a king of Atlantis also and very similar. But, you know, like you said, him and the original Human Torch were in the Marvels, which was the first timely comic at the time. And so then that was dated 1939. So old he and, is, people.
3: Before yeah. Marvel was even Marvel. <laughs> exactly. He predates Marvel,
2: you know. And so it's interesting, too, because some Mariner is, you know, disappeared after, you know, during the 1940s, his character went away. And he came back with the Fantastic Four. And it's interesting, along with the Fantastic Four, 20th Century Fox owned the rights to him, and so it was, you know, because the first, you know, when when Marvel was going broke, they sold the rights to a lot of characters. They sold the rights to the Fantastic Four. They sold the rights to Spider Man. They sold the rights to Namor, Daredevil, Punisher, all these different characters, and that's why you didn't see them popping up when Marvel Studios first popped up. And so it was just real interesting that, you know, since the buyout of 20th Century Fox, um, basically they got the rights to Namor. I thought it was really well done that they basically changed its origin to a more of a Central American base. And it was, you know, they tied it into the Spanish invading, you know, in, in, not invading, but colonizing as i like to say of the new world and basically i liked how they did that and i liked how they tied the verbanium into it and you know how it it mutated the people into sea breathers instead of you know land dwellers and mm-hmm. they actually uh, you know they use the m-word big time in this movie you know, he he just like I am a mutant, and so it yep. was just it was awesome. Um, I liked his character because he wasn't like a mustache twirling villain. He was out there to protect his people, and he didn't want you know the verbanium uh to be found, and he wanted to keep his people private. And if it meant that you know the Wakandans took the blame for the attacking of the ship and everything, so be it. And he, you know, but he, you know, wanted to keep everyone away from them. But if that meant that they would have to take down the surface world, so be it. And to protect his people. And it was, it was very, very well done. And well, I'm sure we're going to talk about, you know, you know, he, he is an asshole. He, flat and simple, is an asshole, but that's the way he is in the comics. And, you know, he goes from being really nice and, you know, a very comfortable character to other characters to being a total jag off and in a heartbeat in the next sentence. And this is the way he was in the movie. And I, lo- I loved it. I thought it was awesome.
3: Uh, Ashley, I would imagine that, uh, your experience with Namor was very, uh, limited. So, um, this is, your, dare I say your first introduction to him?
6: Yes, it is. I didn't know very much at all about the character before walking into this movie. So to me, I was just, this, this was his origin story to me and I really liked how they developed it and I thought they did a good job going in depth to his background, but not distracting from the fact that this is a Black Panther movie. I felt like they had a lot to balance, but they did a a pretty good job with that. I was also geeking out big time that we got to hear the word mutant and hopefully the first of many references to mutants in the MCU (laughs) going forward. And I like the nuance that they built around his character. Like This just wasn't a... uh, black and white villain which i think fits in well with the first black panther movie like killmonger was a of course the villain but such a great performance from michael b jordan that added layers to that role and so i think it was fitting that they have a villain like yeah he's not doing good things but you can see where he's coming from and then just um uh, his interactions with shuri i thought were really interesting like she's been suddenly pushed into the spotlight even more so and a position of leadership kind of struggling with that. And so, um, he's someone that has dealt with loss too. Like he's had the loss of his mother. And so they kind of relate to each other, but she also decides that, you know, I don't want to follow the exact same path, um, that he does, but yeah, all the, the special effects I thought were really good. Um, um, at first, I was like, you know, a guy with wings on his feet, how is this going to play? But just like, you know, I just accepted it. Like, of course, of course that happens. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I I am really intrigued to see more of this character and how he might be woven into the rest of the MCU.
3: It wasn't lost on me that, uh, you know, they have this uh, huge scene sort of towards... Towards the end, the final of the conversation where you both of these characters, Namor and Shuri, have lost their mothers, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that in a lot of, a lot of ways. That's what fuels them as as characters, and yet that's also kind of what brings them together um, in a way that's far less clunky than like.
2: Why did you say that name?
1: Like,
3: it's like, you know, like, like. I was not
2: going there. I was thinking it, but I was not going there.
3: Well, that's the thing. It's like, that's, this is, this is how you can do that concept. And it works instead of being corny, right? Like it, it is possible to do that. And, uh, um, and I thought that was really, you know, I don't think it was an intended jab, uh, because it's, it's really its own thing, but I, I do, I did appreciate how, um it was uh sort of acknowledged here and done really well mm-hmm. um uh so nick well i'm gonna ask you what do you have any sort of uh preconceived notions about namor going into this or how did you feel about him as the the big bad in this
1: to be honest with you i knew nothing about him like i i was totally totally you know in the dark on him specifically and I, I knew a lot about old comics for a while and I'm like I I really just kind of scratched my brain but I think you know so you you guys all hit on the same similar points but um I thought about it because I uh one of my geekiness things is uh, Leonardo da Vinci and one of his paintings he had as early paintings and supposedly the lore is is that he painted angels and cherubs so well that his the person who taught him how to paint quit and uh, he painted angels with winged feet and the angels were painted and were put in into the painting at the spot where you didn't know whether they worked for the devil or worked for God and uh, so that first came to me but the particularly why I liked him was because you never knew where he was you know, where he was on the good, like, okay, he's defending, you know, he's the first baby that's born underwater and, you know, like kind of living in two worlds. Sherry's like, okay, he's not that bad. We could have an alliance. And the scene that got me the most, when you think about a great villain, and um uh, I think Mike said it the best, was like, in the same sentence, he's explaining evil and explaining good. And one of his soldiers, he's explaining to her, who just really wanted to fight, and he said, okay, well, we'll go ahead and have the alliance, and we'll fight anyway. <laughs> well, do this. so what? We're still going to fight. Who cares? Who's, who does this? And I thought about it, if this was reviewed on my show, if we did it on Movie Theater Time Machine, the fantasy casting would be, this would be a Joe Pesci character.
4: <laughs> you know, oh, fight so what? Hey, we're still fighting anyway. Guy, come in. What do you think? I'm a <laughs> and
1: I'm like, all right, cool. and I just, I loved that. I loved that. I want. I'm like, and his scenes wrapped up, and I'm like, okay. When Sherry like says, I'll, you know, you'll survive. Everything, you know, we're not gonna kill you. And he still goes on, and I'm like, all right, I want the next one. <laughs> I want more. I want more. I want to see more of this dude. I want to hate this guy more. You know, but I think, think we'll
3: have that opportunity.
1: Yeah. And I hated him more because I liked him at some point. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, like, I'm
3: not supposed to like you, you jackass. No.
2: <laughs> there were times think, when he was downright
3: charming. Yeah. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, the, the first Black Panther, one of the, besides Bozeman's performance, but, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger um, got almost as many headlines, especially you know the the tagline Killmonger was right, all you know like that everybody like he's justified in what he's doing, and so there's a and he, that makes him one of the strongest quote unquote bad guys in the MCU that we've seen. Um, so that's a that's a big shadow to kind of go against too. So we've got Namor coming in. And he has that vibe, too. I think uh, the, the the writers and everybody does a great job of making him uh, more than just one-dimensional. He's not just – and much like Namor is in the comics because, like I said, if you pick up a comic, you could pick up a comic one week and Namor's like, out to, like, conquer the world – and then you pick up a comic the next week and he's like, you know, helping the heroes defend against world war, like fight Nazis. Like he, like these, like he's a mixed bag. You just don't know what you're going to get with him. And so uh, I never really appreciated him in the comics, to be honest with you. I just didn't care for him at all. Uh, because as Mike said, frequent, even when he's a good guy, he's still an asshole. Like he's still like, uh, and so I think that vibe is is softened a lot in this movie i don't i didn't find him as much of an asshole in this movie um certainly he's a lot more charming you understand why you may be sure you kind of maybe he's falling for him and and maybe like in the future how maybe a certain uh invisible woman might as well um but uh <laughs> i was
2: thinking the same thing mikey
3: um But uh, and what I really appreciated, too, is power set. You know, I mean, he's not just a guy who flies. I mean, he's got a unique way of flying um, because he's got the wing feet. And I love especially the battle sequences of him just moving around. It felt like it was right out of the comics. He felt like he was just stepping on like air steps. I mean, it just was like and but it was powerful moves. Um, I really appreciated the way it was depicted because that's not easy. It could just look really dopey, but you actually feel like when she takes out one of his winged feet, like one of his wings on his feet. Um, you actually feel it, like it's like ow, yeah. like that must really hurt. Like, yeah. what a great yes. job they did uh, with that. Um, so I, I give them a lot of credit uh, for presenting. I mean, I I don't think I've ever really liked Namor as a character, uh, just mm-hmm. because I just don't. Um, but. I, I So I'm not going to say, like, ooh, I want a Namor movie. <laughs> I, I, um, I can't wait to see him again, because I think they did a good job. I mean, I don't like him from the comics, and guess what? I don't really love him in the MCU. But he is – you can't ignore him. You have to respect him, uh, and I do respect him. And I think that the, the way they 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 uh, worked around his origin to make him less Aquaman-y, I <laughs> will say, and, and uh, give him a set – history in the mcu and a set place um i think is going to be really interesting going forward and this this movie as we've talked about propel and we'll try to get to it at the end but really is is probably out of all the phase four movies really is the like we're gonna we're moving ahead now and in a phase five and so uh i think this is really a movie that does that as well um let's talk about some other scenes some other characters that we really liked as well I'm going to start because I don't think we can get through this review without talking about Angela Bassett as Ramonda. Um, to me, like, I mean, Shuri is like, she takes the mantle. And I don't think, I think that was the like least, the like the worst kept secret in, in the promotions yeah. in the MCU. Like, you know, the trailer was really like, who's going to be Black Panther? And like, we all knew. I mean, I think we all knew it was going to be Shuri. Like if even if you have read the comics where she does take a turn at Black Panther at at, um, at one point, but even so, I mean, the movie just made it. I mean, the first movie and everything just made it so like there's no other choice. I mean, it has to be her, but it's really interesting. She fights that as well. I mean, it's not like it's a it's not like she takes over day one. She really struggles with making that decision as well. And I thought that was pretty interesting to see her go through that. But I think the real center and the heart of this movie is uh, Ramonda and of course her death. I mean, talk about your, we get the, we get the huge deal at the the, the funeral at the beginning, but then the gut punch of losing Ramonda in this is just, uh, it just makes this um, movie even more powerfully emotional. Um, so, uh, so I, I really appreciated what she brought to the table uh Angela Bassett, that is, and I really appreciate that character, and I'm gonna miss her a lot. Uh I was kinda over I was kind of like going in. I was kind of hoping like, pan, it would be cool if she liked on the uniform, like if she was Black Panther for a while and started kicking. I, bat, I she thought could. that
2: too. Yes.
3: <laughs> like I would love to see that, but she didn't she didn't need to. She was so powerful with her performance that she didn't even need to land a single punch to be like a force to be reckoned with. So I really appreciated that. So um, Ashley, what about you? Um, uh, uh, Thoughts about Ramonda as well as anything else about the movie that you wanted to point out? Oh,
6: yeah. No, what a performance. And I think that Angela Bassett brings so much weight to a film that already had a lot of weight. But she just um, she really elevates every scene that she's in and just watching the grief of a mother and a leader was just really powerful. Um, one of the smaller roles that I enjoyed was seeing the introduction of, um, I believe it's Riri w- Williams' uh, Ironheart,
5: which mm, was yes. fun to
6: me because Iron Man is my favorite MCU <laughs> character. I, I own in-game on DVD. I have still not watched like the second half because I can't handle my man, <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> um, dying so it it did my heart good to see somebody kind of carrying on his legacy and to see her building an Iron Man suit but also putting her own spin on it so I thought yeah. it was cool to see her just get a little teaser and I'm also looking forward to seeing her in the MCU and what she and uh, Shuri can do if she's got a little access to Wakandan tech to add to her engineering
3: skills yeah, she was like, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Like, you know, at the end, she's she like, I, you can't take the suit. And I'm like, what? But I'm like, she doesn't need your suit. She could build her own. Like, yeah, I'm like, this is, yeah. like, she, she oh, can exactly. do that. She's cool. She's cool. Um, uh, Nick, what about you? What uh, What's uh, something else about the movie that you appreciate? So,
1: would Queen, Queen Raimondo, when she's, uh, you know, dismissing the general. You know where Prince of Sure is leaving. I think this was one of the best scenes because if you had no, you know, there's someone on Earth who has not even heard of the MCU. I don't know if there is anybody, but <laughs> anyone who hasn't heard about it or wants to know how a movie can draw in emotion, I. 'Cause I deal on my on our show we deal with old Hollywood. I think of like Hitchcock's rope. And um where Jimmy Stewart plays the professor and he finds out that the two boys murdered the man and at the very end of it he goes, You're gonna die, Brandon, you're gonna die and that just stuck with me. And when Queen Ramonda's on the throne and, you know, the general's like, I have given my all, haven't I done everything? And, you know, and then basically, you know, she proverbially does a double middle finger up to her and goes, my family's gone. I'm doing this. Haven't I given my all? And I'm like, you know, like, you know, and there was a proverbial like silence. But you heard one person in the back of the theater go, Damn.
5: <laughs> you know, it's, it's
1: moving on and i'm like yes yeah. so like then, okay this is the reactionary theater experience that i've i loved about this and i mean angela bassett just she stole the whole movie and she my it was amazing
2: she was everything
1: amazing everything about it and i mean when she pushes ironheart out of the way and takes the full blast of namor's water you know and then mm because she knows she's going to the ancestors and in that same point, you see someone who is standing up to save the kingdom of Wakanda and also securing its future. And one instance and you go, Whoa, like, Whoa, like it, it hit the gravity of that situation hit. And it's not only cause it's well-directed, well-written, but well-acted
5: mm-hmm.
1: you know, all in, all in one. And it's believable, but I mean, this is what I love about this, and I love, like, of course, you get Iron Man and all the other stuff in the MCU, but, you know, the, the well-known comics that have been pushed for a while. But when they get into a lesser-known character like Ironheart, um, again, one person I sort of knew about. And, you know, I remember I had comics of her, and I saw this, and I'm like, okay, when they see, you know, when she's in the, and I, I, I loved her origin as the fact that she's just a really smart woman who's just taking all the money of the idiots in the college. Right. So, well, they <laughs> really, they knock on the door, yeah, you, you got to go on the website if you want <laughs> to do something, and I just started laughing, I'm like, oh, where are we going here? Like, where are we going? And then, you know, the rebuilt car and everything about it. But um, my favorite with Iron and actually, I think you said it perfectly, it was the fact that she could really stand on her own anyway.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Where it's like she's flying around in the ending final battle scene where it's on the ship and it's almost mimicking, you know, the first time Tony Stark flew around and was talking to Jarvis.
5: Mm, yeah, you know,
1: good it had like it was a really good callback, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, we've got something here, and I think um, overall, I think um, this movie is going to be talked about for a long time. You know, when there's Wakanda three and further and further down the road, and I expect you know, and if Disney plays it right what they'll do is they'll do their own, uh, you know, do their own modus ever run day and, you know, do what they do best with business cash in a nostalgia 20 years later, re-release it and then put it in the vault. <laughs> you know, put it, put it in the vault and say, okay, because you're going to have at that point, you're going to have another generation who's going to, you know, you know, uh, uh and I think it's, it's not always a family movie, but, you know, at its heart, this movie says a really big emotion of just what does it mean and what is your impact on Earth? Mm-hmm. The next person mm-hmm. here, especially like, and you go to like Princess Sherry, who, you know, when, um, when Queen Ramonda's you know, gone and she's at her funeral and she says, I just lost the only person, the last person who understood me. And you know anyone who's had a small family i 'm like, you know that gut feeling
5: mm-hmm.
1: you, you mm-hmm. know that gut feeling, and I mean, this is a movie that deals, yeah, they have all the fights, they have all the beautiful, spectacular back and forth a you know an ending fight on a ship where you don 't really know who 's going to wipe each other out i I did not expect that ending. Right. Right. In reality, the fact that they kind of agreed to coexist. And I'm like, ooh. And I, and I look at the runtime, I'm like, we still got some time left here. You know, how are they going to, like, wait a minute, there's more? Like, I don't want to go. I like, go, like, keep going. You know, keep going. I'm like, damn. But, um, and, you know, Princess Shuri's journey is just simply, she's just trying to figure out a way to fit in.
5: Mm-hmm. Not only absolutely
1: you're up the relevancy of wakanda and like saying what do we do now and even back to angela bassett where like um and it reminded me of old like a little bit i'm going long here i'm sorry but um um when she's in the u.n and scene, scene. yeah the great scene overall but if anyone has ever seen like Old T, you know, older TV, like mid nineties TV. Couldn't you see a little bit of like Aunt Viv from Fresh Prince? <laughs>
3: <laughs> probably, I'm sitting,
1: probably I'm sitting and going, or like even even like a. And I'm trying to get you know some sort of you know back to some archetypes, but like it borrowed, uh, she borrowed a little bit of like a Claire Huxtable type
7: (laughs) you know
1: and viv or others who are just kind of like who didn't really those characters who didn't really need to say much no absolutely just sitting there with their hands folded looking at everybody all the naysayers like you know the french ambassador who's saying you know why haven't you shared for brain vibranium no you can do this like the hell you say like
2: why would we you know why would we
1: like she didn't have to even say a word in that, and that was beautiful.
2: Oh, and yeah. then it was even more amazing when they marched in with the mercenaries. Yes.
3: Yeah. And
2: everything. That was just that was and,
3: such a great scene. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a great scene. And and one of those scenes, and it's again sort of like, you know, what like we get with Killmonger in the first one. It's like, yeah, I mean, the u.s and and is not a is not the bad guy in this but they're not really good guys either like this is you know it's it's very layered and very difficult um and uh to there's a lot going on here as far as uh you know what the mcu and what you know Certainly the United States is in the MCU, Um, but uh, it,
2: it was interesting too, though, Mikey, if you think about it, because, you know, you had, they, you know, had the countess is now in charge of the CIA in this. That's and, uh,
3: yeah, good for bringing that up because I and, did not expect to see her in this at all. That was a big, that was a big surprise to me actually that she was in this and had such a major role in this. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm, exactly, and that's laying the groundwork because she's been, you know, she's popped up at the, you know, in Hawkeye, she's popped up in the Black Widow, she's popped up in, uh, was it Falcon and Winter Soldier? You know, she's been you know, doing all these little things. And now she's starting to make her moves and it's just real interesting. I wonder if they're building towards possibly a war between the U S and Wakanda.
3: And you I know, mean, I think if she, if she weren't, uh, you know, looks like if she would get what she wants, she would very much like to control vibranium.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. And
3: no,
1: you bring up a really good point.
2: I try to sometimes. It's okay. Yeah. You know, and it's but it's in and, my head like, yeah, you're right. You know, and you know, they are having, you know, a Thunderbolts movie, and mm-hmm. you know, she's going to be in charge of Thunderbolts, and it's just going to be very interesting to see what they do with that because not only did they, you know, show that. They also cre showed the creation of the Midnight Angels, which are right from the comics. And those were pretty Im- kick-ass too.
3: Yeah, I wasn't you know. familiar with them at all, actually, but um, but it was well done. The you mm-hmm. know, I didn't know where they were going getting rid of uh Okoye out of the uh, Dora Milje Mil- uh, Yes. I guess sorry. Uh yes, yeah, we'll just say that, right? Yes. Um uh, yes. yes. Well. Uh but um <laughs> But, yeah, having uh, – giving her a new role, I think, uh, opens her up a little bit more, which is great. And she does great work as well.
2: No, and it's it was just awesome. And the characterizations all the way around, you know, seeing Ironheart on the big screen. And she's a relatively new character mm-hmm. in the MCU on just Marvel itself. Yeah. And it was just interesting to see. And, you know – I thought the weakest part of this movie for me in truth was the Atlanteans or whatever they called them, you know, Namor's people and everything. You know, most of them were unnamed. The only two they actually named, one was uh, Nemoria, which is supposed to be his sister. Mm-hmm. And then you also had what, Atala, I think was the other one. The one right, with the big, the, the big dude with the, yeah, the, the hammerhead shark. And he's, he becomes a big villain. For Submariner, and that's interesting too because they never called him the Submariner, And, you know, no. In the, no, he's just Namor or whatever the native his name is in native the native tongue. And I loved it. I liked you know that, and you don't. I loved when they went to the capital of his his kingdom, and I just I thought it was really it was. It blew Aquaman away with what they showed and everything. And if you notice, they didn't, they talked a little bit underwater, which is, you know, they had to in some of the scenes. You kind of have to. In a lot of it, they were doing sign language and everything, mm-hmm. and which was, it made more sense <laughs> and everything, and which was pretty awesome. But, you know, I just, the, the visuals in this were stunning. They were stunning. You know, the battle on the boat was just awesome where they had the warriors I think, tied I think with. We can call, t- I
3: think we can call it a ship.
2: Yeah, it was a, a ship. What the hell? You know,
3: <laughs> but, but the
2: Wakandans pretty much, they were getting their butts kicked in this at the so end. You were on a
3: cruise recently, Mike. You know the difference between a boat and a ship.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of, sort of.
3: Well, I, I did not see
2: a buffet in that ship, so I am not going. What <laughs> kind of best buffets,
3: dude? Yeah, the what kind of buffet is awesome?
2: Of course uh, it is.
3: <laughs> you know it would be. You know. Oh, of course it was. But um, but yeah, it ahead.
2: was. It was just awesome, and I there there was the visuals were stunning. The the battle between Namor and Black Panther were was just. Was just awesome, and then he impaled her, and she walked out of it. That was painful to watch when she, you know, broke it at the stick off mm-hmm. or the spear, and like walked out off of it. I was just like, "Oh yeah," but it it was it was just so well done, yeah. and it was this movie was a, an emotional roller coaster, folks. It really was, and you know i think it was awesome and you heard people during the funeral scene sniffing you know like you know, and everything it was that well done yeah. you know it just wasn't you know you know it was better than tony stark's funeral that's all i have to say
3: oh all right all right uh <laughs> um still hurts
2: <laughs> yeah what too right. soon folks come on it's
6: still <laughs> too
3: right. soon So we've talked a little bit about it actually. Yeah. So um, anything else, uh, you know, as we sort of wrap up, anything else about where the MCU is going to go? We're now going to uh, go to phase five. Um, the, The power dynamic at the MCU, dare I say, if not changed, it's certainly a lot more interesting with a new a group of powered beings uh warriors uh that are now out there and uh not really user like not really happy go lucky friendly uh like you know so uh you know right now they are aligning themselves with wakanda so that's a double punch so anybody who wants to go up against them Uh, but they're a wild card we have no idea going forward how Namor and his people are going to react to certain things that happen, um, you know, whether or not if we get another certainly a planetary uh, threat, you know, how wh- who we can count on. Right. Uh, the, these people can come together. Um, but, you know, we see we know we get an Ant-Man first uh ant-man and uh, quantumania Uh, i don't know many of you probably saw a trailer for that before this one so that's going to be a little bit more lighthearted, but it's also going to open up uh and uh we're going to find out a little bit more i think about kang in that one um and i don't think there's any spoilers there because he's in the trailer um and then we'll see where it goes but um is there anything about this movie that you're thinking about with Phase 5 or going forward that is going to be a much of an impact on the MCU. Uh, Ashley?
6: Yeah, so um, I've enjoyed getting to know some of these new characters and I'm looking forward to a time when we will see like Shang-Chi and Shuri, Ironheart team up, N- Namor and other as yet unintroduced mutants team up to fight some Galactic level threat. I think that'll be really exciting to see, and um, I'm also really excited to see more of Kang and how his story may weave into this. I have to. admit, I think I am actually most excited to see Jonathan Majors in that role and what he does out of everything that's come out about uh, Quantum Mania. Because mm-hmm. I've I've really loved everything that the MCU has done so far, but. I am ready to kind of focus on some of the newer stuff, so I really like seeing um, the idea of these characters taking on legacy, like Shang-Chi, Shuri, Ironheart, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do and how they team up to face uh, the problems in the post-Thanos world. I'm sure there's other it, big bads out there waiting in the wings.
3: I I there, I don't think it's part of actually phase 4. I think it's like a preview or whatever a prelude to phase 5, but we are getting a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas holiday special. Um so yes. so don't forget that. Like that is going to be an impact I'm sure on and because that's going to affect probably the the MC, like the Gra- Guardians of the Galaxy the third movie that's coming out next year. So I'd imagine that that's uh but I don't think that directly that's going to have any like what we've seen in this movie is gonna have any direct uh implications for that particular part of the MCU, but we'll see. We'll see. Um uh Nick, what about you? Any real quick, any thoughts I mean, going forward for the yeah, MCU? I'll
1: go really quick with it. I absolutely agree with it, Ashley saying I I am really looking forward to seeing the minor characters of the MCU really take center stage, more or less or known stuff. I'm a huge fan of Ant Man, you know, alone as it is, and I just want to see more of
3: that.
2: Oh, don't um, you Spider Man?
3: <laughs> <laughs> for uh, you were you were saying that your uh, feelings about Phase Four was kind of mixed. Um, with it ending with this one, are you? reinvigorated um yeah. is it is it make you like m- looking forward to uh phase five even more oh, yeah
1: more? I mean, absolutely if it puts every, everybody who is up there on center stage and it drags out more and gets more creative i think a lot of a lot of the mcu had been you know they said really like a lot of people have been marveled out and i think bringing more or lesser known people to the center stage is only going to make it better
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially now that we're getting more of a diverse group of folks. Um, I think, uh, Mike, what about you? Any, any, uh, thoughts about, uh, the end of phase four going into phase five? I'm
2: really excited to see where we're going to go with phase five. You know, I think phase four kind of was about loss and about family and, you know, tying things, you know, together with that. And, you know, it was a lot of little pieces coming together in this. There wasn't any whiz-bang, huge knockouts with, you know, with Phase 4. Phase 5, I think, is bringing Kang in as the big bad, tying in a lot of different things together. And it's going to be very interesting to see... Or it could fall flat on on its face. There's a lot of goodwill built back because of this movie for Marvel. I don't want to see it wasted. And I think they have a lot to live up to. So I'm going to be very curious to see what's coming up. We've got, you know, like we talked about off the air, we have, you know, like you said, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Then you have uh, Quantumania. Then you have marvel the marvels or actually you have guardians of the galaxy 3 then the marvels and then we're supposed to possibly be getting captain america but i don't think that's gonna be till you know it was scheduled for the end of the year but they're not starting principal filming till right after the first of the year so i think that's going to be a way off still so i'll be very curious to see and i know blade was supposed to be coming up soon also been but a few times, yeah. that's been delayed also. So we're gonna have to wait and see what happens. You know, they might have to rely on Deadpool or something, you know,
3: to well. save us all. <laughs> God help us if that's true. Um uh just as from a character's perspective, not from a movie perspective. But um uh yeah, a lot of uh lot of things going forward. I mean, we don't even technically know who officially is the leader of Wakanda at this point. Pretty sure it's Mumbako, but You know, we don't know. We don't know who challenged him. You know, we don't have the answers to that. So, going forward, we don't know who's leading uh, uh, Wakanda. So, that man, you know, they're in a, they just uh, created a huge alliance and now there's going to be a shift of power. So, gee, what could happen there? Um, So, it's going to be really interesting to see what, uh, and I hope we get to see this end of the, it doesn't look like this is on the agenda for phase five. deal with what's going on with wakanda but i really hope that we get some peek into it because it's so interesting and one of the most interesting parts of the mcu continues to be uh with this movie so i think it's fair to say that we're all giving this a wakanda thumbs up right like is that uh (laughs) yeah okay okay uh so Uh, awesome so I appreciate you guys insight into what your thoughts are in this movie and uh, we will be right back as we are going to get creative and then close the show Wakanda forever
7: Welcome to a Geek Girls Take, I'm your host Angela, and this week this Geek Girl is talking about some of the cool nerding merchandise that's been coming out over the last few weeks. So there is a ton of great nerdy merch that has just come out or is coming out soon, and I really, really kind of want to talk about it and geek out about it. First off, the Muppets makeup set from ColourPop, it's just all so cute, and I love their shock shadows that are based on the different Muppets characters. I really want that Kermit one because it is the perfect shade of green. And we all know, it ain't easy being green. It is also super pretty. If you've never used their shock shadows, they are like a creamy eyeshadow, and they are just fantastic. I also really love the Miss Piggy face glitter and body glitter that they have. Like, it just screams Miss Piggy to me. And it all just seems like such a well-thought-out collaboration. Like, everything about it just screams Muppets to me. Also, the same with Glamlight Scooby-Doo collab. The palettes are so colorful, and they fit the Scooby-Doo theme so well. The highlighters are gorgeous, and the lip colors really fit the Scooby-Doo character's color palette. And lastly, my favorite out of the nerdy makeup collabs that's been coming out is the MAC Black Panther set. Everything in this set looks amazing. I am a bit iffy on the lipsticks, just because the colors didn't seem to really go with how amazing everything else fit in this collab. But it all is beautiful. The liquid lipsticks... They are gorgeous looking, and the makeup bag looks freaking fantastic. Plus, matte quality is always 100%. Next up, we have Her Universe, which is releasing some great Doctor Who, Lord of the Rings, Marvel, and Star Wars clothing lines recently. A lot of these can be found in Hot Topic and also online. And I was so happy to see new Doctor Who clothing from them, since I loved all the stuff that I got when they released a Doctor Who line many, many years ago. This time around, they've released both feminine and masculine designs, so it really works for everybody. The clothing company Cakeworthy also has some really great stuff coming out right now. They released a really fun Elvira clothing line right before Halloween, and they still have a lot of it, and I absolutely love the Elvira flannel that they released. And they've also just released stuff with Powerpuff Girls, Barbie, and lots of other great fandoms. They seem to really, like, have a good working of clothing coming in and out of different fandoms. So if you check their webpage a lot, you'll get to see a lot of new stuff. And it's such a wonderful time right now to let your geek flag fly, since so many companies are releasing well-made items to show off your favorite fandoms. Thanks for listening to a Geek Girls Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Drew
4: Leiter here. Wish you could keep up on DC Comics but don't have the time or the money? Not a problem. Join Cletus Jacobs and I as we bring you recaps and commentary on DC Comics, television, movies, and more, whether they are good or not. The Earth Station DCU podcast comes out weekly and is part of the ESO Network.
2: And now we're here with our friend Goth Gray from Beer Nuts Productions. Welcome back, my friend.
8: Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. It's always a, it's always a pleasure.
3: It's always great because it's so sunny where you are all the time. It's so always dark here and sunny where you are. It's like, woohoo. Well, that's that's because I'm in the future. You are in the future. We are talking to the future. That's it.
2: Exactly. He not only is he in a land down under, he lives in Tomorrowland. So it's That's even better. It.
8: <laughs> That's right. Like a distorted Disney world.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just don't pet the animals. That's all they have to say there. I, I,
8: I guess if somebody was to describe, I mean, you fellows have seen enough of my films now. If someone was to describe Nuts Productions, I suppose the distorted Disneyland would kind of be apt, I should imagine.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's pretty awesome i mean you have a new film out already it feels like it was just yesterday that we had you on it's, with the, it with the really last feels one. like
3: it was like last week
2: with the kidnapping and now you you're in therapy with your you know with your significant other well so. yeah, yeah
8: different different wife though in this one i seem to get through the women rather rather i'm like elizabeth taylor but a dude so yeah no it's it's uh, it's true. I seem to get through them pretty quick, but uh, you are quite right. Yes, couples therapy is the new Beanuts Productions film. It's uh, a a sketch based comedy film. Uh, so if you enjoy sort of sketch comedy, this is uh, a good watch for you. So there's sort of a, a sketch based comedy film, but then with a bit of a twist at the end, which hopefully people uh, people don't see coming. But uh, yeah, so but uh, like all of Beanuts films, it's uh, a little bit outrageous in nature and uh, yeah essentially me and as you say me and my significant other we're in couples therapy trying to uh one-up each other on who's got the uh, the worst end of the deal and uh, showing examples of uh of the other partner in their all their terrible behavior and then like i say we uh, we finished the film with a little bit of a twist
2: i love the twist
3: that you did and
2: i don't know if i want to ruin the twist on this one no no don't can...
3: don't no spoilers
2: because it it was a lot of fun i wasn't expecting that and you know you you did it again sir which was awesome because you know you the way it started with the couple just in therapy and it was just like i was expecting i was just going to be a monologue between the two of you and the therapist and instead you had like the flashes to the you know to what the couples were doing to each other and man these are not nice people <laughs> not the smartest <laughs> people either it, 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 it was a t- my wife and i were watching it and and then she just looked at me i love you honey <laughs> and it's like yes well, we seem quite normal compared to this couple
8: well that that's right however bad you think you're going just watch this film and all of a sudden it won't seem so bad anymore
2: you know i i I now worry about what's going on through your mind sir because you're the one who writes all this stuff and everything but it 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 is it is really uh it's your stuff is always entertaining but it seems like your last couple you've not pushed it up a couple notches and everything which is pretty awesome because we've been talking to you for a couple years now and absolutely Yes, yes and you've you've been gracious enough with your films to have us To talk about and being able to promote them and everything but it just seems like your last couple you've taken it up a notch and it's getting you know more and more you know tighter the stories and the acting and everything and it's it's great and i love seeing this
8: well you heard him folks mike mike summed it up perfectly I'm brilliant. So download all the films at beernartsproductions dot com. Thank you and good night.
2: <laughs> exactly. We can't say anything else. We're done. We're out of here.
8: <laughs> no, but I know. Look, I, I genuinely appreciate it. It's very kind, kind words, Mike. Genuinely, but uh, I, I uh, look. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of hard work goes into each film. You know, as you know, I'm I'm kind of a one man band. I write them, I direct them, I produce them. I, I spend a lot of time getting the actors that I think. Uh, will will hit the hit the lines out of the park i i mean the for example uh ashley who played my wife in this film uh it took three days of auditions to find someone that i was happy with because i mean i'm i'm very particular with the actors that i pick because uh that role in particular i mean she had to do a range of different personalities i said to her you know every sketch that she does essentially she's got a different personality so That's what made it really difficult. So when someone would come in for an audition, they'd, you know, hit one of the sketches out of the park, but they'd fall flat with, you know, doing one or two of the other character types. So it took a while to get somebody, but I got Ashley and I was super happy. I'll absolutely work with her again. She was great. And then, uh, yeah, I've been able to, because of obviously the downloads that I've been getting has meant that I've been able to upgrade my equipment which uh, is good because, uh, as you mentioned, the, the standard obviously has been getting better, which is because I've been able to get better equipment, which is because I get more downloads, because nice people like you help promote my work. And then uh, so, so, like, it's, it's one of those things when I, I tell the actors when the film's released, I always say to them, you know, make sure you promote it because everybody wins because the more downloads I get, the more films I can make, and the more films I can make, the work, more work you guys can get, and it's kind of the same uh, with the general public. I mean, the more downloads I can get, the better quality of the films because the better equipment I can get, the the more time I can take in filming things because I don't I, I pay people by the hour, obviously, so I can take a little bit more time because the budget's a little bit bigger and all of those sorts of things. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's a rare time in life where everybody wins kind of a situation.
2: It's a win-win situation all the way around. And it's pretty awesome because, you know, I really don't think you need to have therapy because your films are your therapy process, I think. (laughs)
3: We're all going through therapy with you.
2: Exactly. (laughs) You're taking us all with you, my friend.
8: It, it, is, it, it, is, it, it is. It is true. You raised a good point earlier on. I mean, if someone was to watch uh, my catalogue of films, they they'd have me booked into some kind of a psych ward pretty quickly. I think with the different uh, different things I make people do and say, and, and the different scenarios people get themselves into, it's uh, it, it's not your usual kind of fare.
2: No, that's a good way to put it. Actually, that's a great way to put it. And it's, it's interesting too, because you have so many, you know, you know, unexpected twists in a lot of your films. Like this one has a big twist in it and I wasn't expecting it. And like I said, I'm not spoiling it. So I will keep my mouth shut on it because I know Mr. Gordon has not seen it yet. So
3: I I didn't get a chance to see this one this time around, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because it's always a treat.
8: No, well, hopefully you get a good laugh and yeah it's funny because like like you Mike I'm not going to uh, 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 divulge too much about the twist at the end only to say that uh, people have interpreted it in different ways I mean I had my own thoughts when I was writing it obviously but it's funny some of the feedback I've got I can understand where they've gone with their interpretation uh, but some people think a little bit differently which is great I think that's actually a really cool thing when people can sort of interpret something a little bit differently to the intended uh, interpretation, and it, it makes it better because it means that, you know, it's making people think a little bit. So uh, it's it's cool. Some of the feedback I've got has been really awesome in that regard. Like uh, some people are on my wavelength and some people are a little bit different, but they like it for other reasons, and that's that's very cool as well.
2: I'll totally understand that and everything. So, are you already quickly working on your next project so you can put that out in two weeks, also?
8: (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping to get an audio piece because obviously we've got the uh, audio section of the website as well, where we've got uh, like uh, 20 minute long scripted uh, sketches. Uh, So, I've got 15. So, I'm doing, uh, I'm booked in to do another one in December. So, there'll be a little audio piece that'll pop up in december so if you follow Beanuts up's productions on social media which hopefully everybody does uh, you'll be able to see a little uh clip of that come up and there'll be a, a new little audio piece to finish the year with because uh, they're always fun to do the little little quick little audio pieces just to keep people uh going until the uh the next uh film extravaganza rolls around
2: that is awesome sir it's and it's great because it's always neat to see what you come up with next. And, you know, or as we like to say, from the deep, dark touches of the warped mind of Goth Gray, it's pretty awesome, <laughs> which is it, it is great. And, you know, it's always fun to talk to you. And as we always like to say, how could people find you and how could they find your films?
8: Absolutely. So there's only one place to go, and that's beanutsproductions.com. So just hit up the beanutsproductions.com website. Uh, Well, obviously, because I said .com, so clearly it's a website. Uh, But, um, yeah, if you just hit that up and you'll see the movies link, you click on there and all the films are there. Plus, like I say, the audio downloads are there, uh, the podcast is still up there and and going and there's all sorts of stuff. I actually did the math and uh, we're at uh, number 50. For all of the projects put together, we've actually done 50 total projects. So, uh, Congratulations.
3: That's solid, man.
8: So yeah, in 12 years. So uh, 2010 was when I released my very first film. And since then, I've done the 27 films, the audio downloads, the podcast. So there's 80 episodes of the podcast. And there's also a few books in there as well. So there's uh, something for everybody. So yeah, 50 projects total on the Beer Nuts Productions website. So lots, hopefully, to keep people entertained uh, over the uh, festive season when their family are annoying them and they need to go to another room.
2: It's always good for a laugh, as we like to say. <laughs> Golf, thank you so, so much. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment, and we will close up the show.
7: Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, Hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network.
2: So let's go wrap up another episode of the Air Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here tonight. Nick, you made it two weeks in a row, sir.
3: I think I think he can go now. Is that?
2: I think that, he's out we, of here. Can we we're, can we release gone. him
3: now, or yeah. is it like he's we're, done his time? I think yeah.
2: we're, send, we're we're shipping him to, off to Wakanda. What do you mean?
3: <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to break out of a little prison. Exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. Hey, at least he wasn't put into the back of the van in handcuffed, like you know.
3: Yet, <laughs> yet, yet. <But. laughs>
2: We'll have to use a blindfold, of course, because we can't show him where he's going. So, yeah. Nick, thank you so much, my friend. You are welcome. Thank you
1: both for really having me. And um, you know, does that mean I won't know when I'll be back for, for episode three? For me?
2: <laughs> you <laughs> never know. We, we might have
1: you. Yeah. Like suddenly my laptop would appear to both of you like, hey, you ready? like, are you in my house. <laughs>
2: well we, we we do have a special teleporter. It's okay. Anything you want to shout out and promote my friend?
1: Ah uh, yeah, definitely. movie theater time machine. Uh, you can uh, catch us anywhere where there's a podcast. I would say please, please, please um, reach out to us and uh, you know listen. We'd love to have your opinions. Uh, movie theater time machine at gmail dot com is our is our email. We loved hearing uh, from fans. Uh, please do so and the game fantasy casting if you listen and you have fantasy casting from our show listen to our show to figure out what that is and you have ideas please email us because we'd love to put your stuff on the show too as well
2: that is awesome that is awesome and you never know we might have you back, or we might pop up on your place very soon. <laughs> you never know; you just can't escape once we have your finger your fingers into you. You're stuck. That's what Ashley thought. She's like one and done, and was it ten years later?
6: Ten years. I'm I'm still here. Like <laughs> well, you're doomed.
2: <laughs> well, we did that
1: to one. Of, we did that to one of our co-hosts, Dan. Where he said, you know, five years ago, I was like, maybe I'll do one, two episodes with you guys. And then five years later, we're recording in his house. Well, yep. exactly. You know, it's what, what like
6: it? the Hotel California you can check out, but you just can't leave.
1: Ooh, <laughs>
2: Ashley, look at the
6: reference. That is awesome. I like it.
2: That is awesome. Ashley, you want to shout out about something?
6: Yes, um, just thank you as always. I um, enjoy talking movies with you all and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to later this week, hopefully um, getting my review of Wakanda Forever up on the blog. I'm also in the process of moving this week, so things are a little Mm. bit interesting, but hopefully sometime before Thanksgiving, I'll get that Wakanda Forever blog with more of my thoughts because I feel like there's so much you can... Dig into this film about. I feel like you could spend easily spend several hours digging into different characters and what all goes on. So, looking forward to having more conversations about this film with other fans in the future.
2: Should be awesome. That definitely should be awesome. And, Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about?
3: Uh, I do, actually. Uh, This is a TV series. Um, Last week, I think Ashley uh, mentioned, shouted out uh, to, uh, about Enola Holmes, which I love those movies on Netflix. I have to, uh, I was thinking about it. I don't know why I haven't mentioned it before, because I don't think we've talked about it on the show before. But um, if you like Enola Holmes and and, and mystery set in that Victorian London time set, I strongly suggest uh, you check out Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Which is a series um that is uh available on PBS here in the States. It's part of the Masterpiece Anthology show. Um, but uh it is a series that uh is about a prominent um a uh detective, Eliza Scarlett, and uh her uh friend slash love interest, slash um um opposition uh Duke played by William Wellington. Uh Scarlet is uh actually played by um I have don't i, I don't have an name King Phillips um anyway it's a uh it's a new series. Well, it's a it's in second season now. Uh it's on PBS right now as the second season. They did get greenlit for a third which will premiere on PBS in January. So if you have access to PBS in some case and somehow uh you might be able to catch up. Um I strongly suggest it. It's a solid show. I love Victorian England mysteries, uh Sherlock Holmes, etc. This is from a different perspective because it's a woman detective. And, uh, but it's, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's not, um, uh, that like heavy handed when it comes to it's, uh, God, what, am I going to say wokeness or whatever, but you know, it's like it, you know, that's not a reason to, to not check this out. I mean, Rachel New who created the show and is, is the showrunner has done a great job at sort of balancing it out. It's a lot of fun too. Um, and the cast is really great in this, uh, the mysteries are strong, uh, so I, I definitely recommend checking it out. If you like Enola Holmes and that kind of Victorian investigator type program, Miss Scarlet and the Duke, make sure you guys check it out.
2: Awesome. Very nice, sir. Definitely, we might have to check that one out. Um, of course, it's time for me to bring down the show a bit. Of course. Um, we had lost another member, this time really close to the ESO family. And I'm very sorry to say... Um, that we lost the geek father as we like to, he's like to be known. We lost uh, our friend, Marcellus Co. He was the co-host of the blurred nerds podcast. And we lost him just three days ago as of this recording. And it is really sad. Um, This guy was full of life. He was, you know, we've had him on the show a couple times. He even survived the geek seat and, he it always was very jovial whenever I chatted with him. He was always up, very talkative, wanted to just talk all things geek. And he was a great, great guy. And sadly enough, he lost – he's been fighting a lot of health conditions, and we lost him. And he
3: that's lost a, his – That's the thing, like I mean, he, he was always jovial, always fun. But behind the scenes, he had so much going on, health wise. Mm-hmm. He had oh, no yeah. he had no real reason to be that way, and yet he was um, such a such a positive presence on our network.
2: Oh, very much so. And you know, even when we did like the ESO board meetings, that you know, when we had the whole staff in there and the whole all the crews, he would t- he would uh, jump in and talk about stuff, and it was just. He was just a great, great guy. And I'm sorry as heck to lose him. And this is two weeks in a row we've lost podcasters that, you know, we personally knew. And just folks, as we always like to say, be thankful for what you got because you never know when it could be taken from you. It could just go like that. And, you know, just try to, you know, be thankful for what you have and everything. We didn't even talk about losing, you know, Kevin Conroy. You know, we lost Batman. Yeah,
3: Friday, and, Friday, I woke up to the news that Marcel's, uh, as you said, the geek father passed away. Then I saw Black Panther Wakanda Forever with the funeral scenes and everything. And then I came home and found out that uh, Kevin Conroy had passed. And I was like, man, this day sucks. <laughs> I mean, I saw a really great movie. But man, has it been an emotional day. Um, yeah, it yeah. It, uh, it always sucks. Yeah,
2: it, it sucks when that happens. And like you said, you know, Kevin, whenever I read a Batman comic, that's the voice I hear in my head. It's not, you know, it's not Michael Keaton. It's not Adam West. It's not Christian Bale. You know, it is Kevin Conroy being Batman or Bruce Wayne. That's the voices I hear in my head. Not that I hear voices in my head, well, maybe. But that's a whole different. That's another episode alone with ESO. Yeah. But it's you know really sad. He will be missed. He was sixty six, and I think he had recently been diagnosed with cancer, and he. has cancer, man. Yep, very much so. So kind of really sucks, but we're going to try to brighten the mood real quick. Because next week we will be back and guess what folks we are doing our annual holiday gift guide next month uh, next month next week that's right, folks, next week we're doing the holiday gift guide where we talk about all the geeky gifts that we think you or your family members should buy and get and stuff. And it's always funny because when William used to listen to that, he thought I was telling the gifts that I wanted and he used <laughs> he used to try to get me at least one of them. So it was pretty awesome when the kid was growing up. So, you know, be careful what you ask for. You might actually get it. So it's pretty awesome with that. So, you know. Definitely join us for the Geek Guide. And, you know, the Gift Guide is always one of our favorite episodes. So it's going to be a full episode talking about the gifts and everything. And we'll have honorable mentions and everything. It should be kind of fun. And as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you. We wanted to hear from you. Please write us at feedback at EarthStation com. Remember, also, you could find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now, Earth Station One can even be found up on YouTube. That's right; these faces are up on YouTube. So, smile, folks. We're on camera, so definitely check us out. Please subscribe, tell all your friends, and give us a thumbs up on on YouTube. That would be awesome. That's how we know people are listening and liking. And we've been getting, you know, subscribers, and we've been getting people liking and leaving comments. So it's pretty awesome. So please, you know, find us up there. We would really appreciate it. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Ashley Pauls, and Mr. Nick Tabor, thank you so much again for listening. We'll see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Be safe, hug your loved ones, and folks, just be safe. Peace, and we are done. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Our Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats.